We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of someone calling into Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, this is Flo, long-time caller, first time on air. I just wanted to say that I think it is absolute hogwash not to go out there and try Progressive's Name Your Price tool. You can see all your coverage options, and options are how you get rings, championship rings, and parades of rings. Finding options to fit your budget with the Name Your Price tool, only at Progressive.com. You know, not for nothing, but my favorite rings have candy on them. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And, I mean, and on PremierLeague.com, Mignolet is the top-ranked goalkeeper. Yeah. So, you know, my for some reason, my facts are outweighing your opinion. <laughs> it's, kind, it's kind of amazing how that works oh out Oh, my sometimes. goodness. What has happened? This is the Roto-Wire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Your host, Andrew Laird, Mike Gottlieb. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Roto-Wire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am Mike Gottlieb, your host, along with the fantasy expert number one in all the leagues, Mr. Andrew Laird, how's it going? Uh, I'm far from number one in all the leagues. <laughs> well, actually, uh, we did uh, we did have uh, one of our MLS representatives have a very good weekend on Mondal Goal, I believe. Yeah, we've had we've got two MLS guys that I'd like to. We should eventually so have them on the pod. This yeah, is our open invitation for them to come. No, that they're we're we're going to have them on. Um, 
but I think we're going to probably wait until the Premier League season is over, but we'll see. But yeah, we have got a JD Baz. I don't know if it's Bezo or Bazo, to be honest, but it's B-A-Z-Z-O. His uh, Twitter handle is at uh, DFSMLS, which, um, you know, gives you all you really need to know about how well he is on on uh, daily MLS games. And then Skylar Redpath, who has been in like the top 10 of uh, MLS's fantasy season-long fantasy game every year, basically since they've had it, I think. And he's at a, at Fantasy Soccer FC. But yeah, the two of them are, are MLS rock stars, and we're, uh, we're very lucky to have them contribute. Absolutely. And uh, this is a live pod. Uh, so this is uh, we are podcasting on a Wednesday afternoon. It is currently the 70th minute of the Madrid Derby, or as Andrew likes to call it because he's an American, the Derby. <laughs> I wouldn't also uh, say this is live, I'd say. Well, it's recorded live, but then anyway, but released later. Right. <laughs> it's, it's time released. That's what it is. <laughs> Either way, uh, we are here to talk about the Premier League, though, and it is game week 34, which is an extra special week as there's double game weeks for four different teams, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, and Leicester and Hull. So two teams at the top, two teams near the bottom are getting uh, double runs this week. So uh, adjust your rankings if you're playing the whole game week accordingly. And we will actually talk about those and more as we go through the show. And then we'll go through our DraftKings uh, lineup for Saturday. uh, And we will just take it as we go here. So we'll start with the first game of the weekend. It is on Saturday at 7.45. It is Southampton, struggling Southampton at home against Spurs. Now, Spurs' dream for Champions League is over. Europa's still alive for them. Is, can the same be said, be, uh, Europa being alive for Southampton? Well, here is the, the kicker of all of this, and it has to do with Arsenal. That if Arsenal wins the FA Cup... Uh, which they're in the final against Aston Villa. According to the new rules this year, the runner-up of the FA Cup does not make Europa, but it's the top team that does not qualify for European competition. And so the top four teams uh, in the Premier League make the Champions League. The fifth-place team automatically gets into the uh, automatically gets into Europa. And, and then, then sixth place s- would get into Europa as well? Sixth place, I believe, gets a Europa play-in. Um, unless I'm trying to think of how that worked, because basically what I, what I had thought I had read is that it was the, actually going to be the seventh place team in the premier league that will qualify for Europa. And if that's the case, then they're basically already in. So what, do, so what, what does Southampton have to do? Who does Southampton have to root for Villa? Because... They need to, well, no, they, no, they, need, they need to, Arsenal they need, to win right. the FA cup. Right. As, okay. as do Spurs. Ironic. Okay. Um, so if Arsenal wins the FA Cup, then so Spurs would have to root for Arsenal. Correct. That's or it. or they root against them because they don't want to play in Europa. However, you want to look at it. But uh, Tottenham's easiest path to um, Europa competition is a win by Arsenal in the FA Cup final. That just sounds wrong. Still, right? Of course, <laughs> just 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 the the whole Spurs fans rooting for Arsenal. Right, but, but basically anyway. this match. I I mean, I don't know if there's uh, you know some sort of qualifier that they'd have to go through in order to get into Europa, which sounds just horrible. I mean, it essentially sounds like you'd be playing in the you know some backwoods in the middle of uh, you know Kazakhstan, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it, it's certainly it's more money. Yep. It's baseballs to the quest for more money, if you will. 
that is a real title of a real movie that is coming out. So uh, <laughs> with that in mind, though, we'll go back to the Premier League where there's tons of money. Yes, sorry. And uh, so Southampton are at home against Spurs. Now, Harry Kane's in a little bit of a slump here. Yeah, but he did score. He could. Yep. No, no, he did. Last week. Yep, that's true. He got the, th- he got the third of Tottenham's yep. goals. Yep. But it's, it's more along the lines for me, do you still consider Southampton that daunting defense and that really tough matchup for even the top teams? Because you, you famously said the only team you wouldn't play them against would be Chelsea. Now, does that still hold true? Yeah, I mean, they're still not um, giving up that many goals. In fact, looking now, they well, I guess they gave up two last weekend. That that was a shocker to me, at least, uh, giving up two at Stoke. But um, that was the first time they'd given up multiple goals since they lost two nothing to Liverpool uh, back in February. So I wouldn't say that they're they're leaky all of a sudden. I think they're still a very good defensive team, and I I definitely reduced some of the Tottenham attackers uh, because of it. Like I I didn't rank Harry Kane in the top five. Uh, I think I ranked him, let me see, I ranked him ninth, which is the lowest of the three of us. Chris was the highest at four. So yeah, I, I, I was the one who ranked him ninth. You actually, oh no, sorry, that's yeah. not true. You ranked him, I ranked him seventh. Yeah, so I, I, um, I'm not as confident. There, there are guys who I like more in, because of the matchups, you know, at, at Southampton. Yeah, it's like the rest of the weekend slate here, even the two extra games, it's kind of a tough call. Uh, there's not, especially for clean sheets and for defensive purposes. I don't think there's a dominant defensive matchup here where you can say, "Hey, this defense is going to shut this team out," or, or "There's really not a lot of chance that X team will score against Y." I just think there's a lot of even matchups where there can be goals on either side. And yeah. I think this is this is the this is the microcosm here. I that Southampton, you would think normally would be really solid defensively, but they're playing Spurs, who have Harry Kane, and. The, the, there's there's potential for offense on both sides. Yeah, the one that gets me that I look at the most is Stoke. Oh, someone's getting thrown off here. That would be Arda Turan for a second yellow card. Yeah. Um, was Stoke hosting Sunderland? I'm not terribly convinced that's a great matchup uh, for Sun for you know most teams, but I, I'm not very high on the Sunderland um, attack. So I think Stoke at home is a decent one, and. You obviously don't ever really get to take this one on its own, but I think Chelsea playing at Leicester is a, d- a decent clean sheet option. Leicester have been playing very yeah, well, sure particularly have. offensively. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to. I mean, and, and Chelsea. I mean, recently they put up back to back clean sheets, but they're they they went a stretch of multiple months without a clean sheet, at least with uh, Courtois in that. It was from Boxing Day until I believe uh, late February, or early March, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's it, the it, clean sheets this year have been really tough to come by, at least prediction wise. So it's it's just a really it's a really tough thing to go to go and try and predict, especially in this game, because I think both teams are struggling in their special ways. Yeah, I do like that. In some games now, we're seeing the the one goal allowed points and a win, so yeah. that you can still. You know, the the worst is the you know, the second minute penalty that yeah, <laughs> your uh, and, whole and, game is and, ruined. And the the argument I've always made, you know, is what's more impressive: allowing one goal and winning, or allowing no goals and drawing. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I'm not sure the goalie really has anything to do with the goalless draw, though. 
But I'm just saying, as a result, yeah. You know, well, which sure, was a more impressive result. Yeah, I believe it would be the win. Yep, even if it's one goal. Yeah. Either way, you were uh, uh, on the Spurs side, though. Uh, Christian Eriksen, he did get off the Schneid. He scored last week. Uh, do you feel that there's a resurgence coming, or was that just a one-off because they were playing? Um, you're gonna have to remind me. I'm blanking right now on who their opponent was last week. Uh, I believe it was Newcastle. Newcastle, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had, I was about to say I had famously, as if anybody really cared, but I had been quite. I care. Right. I had been quite um, active in reminding people how long Erickson had gone without a goal since he was so high on so many rankings. Would have been but, nine. Would have been nine. It was nine games going into last week. Right. And so, in fact, I think he actually scored on that free kick like ten minutes after I had mentioned that this was his ninth scoreless game. But I, I'm. I'm staying away from him more on the matchup than I am the, the, uh, you know whether he's back on it or not. I think there are also a lot of decent midfield options this week, particularly with the double game week. Unlike the strikers, yeah. Uh, and on Southampton, I, I can't. Other than Ryan Bertrand, Kelvin Davis, and uh, Nathaniel Klein, I'm clueless as to who I should play. So I'm probably going to stay away from all Southampton options, not name those three guys. Yeah, it's it's weird. It seems like Tadic is, you know, even when Tadic gets in there, he's, he hasn't really been great. Yeah. And uh, Sadio Mane is kind of hit or miss. The, the plus that Mane has in some formats is that he draws a ton of fouls. So, Yeah, but do you feel that Koeman uh, is tinkering with the side because he's trying to find his best combinations for next year? Is he starting to think about next year already, do you think? Well, it's funny because I feel like we had previously spoken that he's not even going to be there. So I don't know. Koeman? Maybe, yeah. Oh, because what, what shenanigans were you referring to? Real Madrid, right? <laughs> oh, or yeah. I mean, th- there are going to be a few. Uh, you know, there are obviously always open jobs, but I don't know. Well, uh, the coaching carousel, right? But I don't think. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if that's what he's doing. Just because I feel like if that was the case, then we'd see a little more. You know, James Ward Prowse because he's obviously a big part of their their um no their future and Morgan Schneiderlin I guess maybe they're playing him to make him a little more expensive because he's obviously going to be sold unbelievable oh another unbelievable save uh Real Madrid just cannot seem to solve now 10 man Atletico Madrid yeah. at least to this point now uh we'll move on here to two teams that are not even close to as good as either one of these two teams the two teams fighting at the bottom, Leicester making a desperate climb to get out of the cellar. They're only uh, minus one on goal differential behind Hull City uh, for getting for getting for avoiding the drop. So Leicester are traveling to Burnley. Uh, Burnley cannot score. Yeah, uh, Danny Ings missing. George Boyd anonymous. Everyone else, compl- except for Kieran Trippier with crossing, it, it's just been completely anonymous. Right, and there's not even that many games where. You get points just for crosses. Usually, yeah. it's accurate crosses, and even those don't always come in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Trippier, Trippier is the I think the only viable fantasy option for Burnley right now. Yeah, and and frankly, I'm not sure he's all that viable in like ESPN and fantasy Correct. Premier League because Correct. there are no no assists there. So yeah, you need some extra peripheral peripheral stats. Yeah, get, so get he's definitely job. you know he definitely has value in draft goal and DraftKings. Draft yeah, uh, but uh, but we yeah we'll talk more about the DraftKings stuff when we get to our lineups later. But uh, I'd like to go on here to the third game of the slate. This is the second ones of the ten o'clock games. Uh, Crystal Palace, our darlings, at home against. 
Hull, our former darlings. Uh, Mo Diame for Hull slated to return, and they have a double game week. Uh, I asked you off the podcast, how are you tempted to use Mohamed Diame? And your single word answer was? No. Yeah. Okay. So you don't believe in the the resurgence of Mohamed Diame after a very serious injury. That's the problem. It was a very serious injury. He, he's just getting back now. There's no way he plays 90. I, I'd i be surprised if he started both. He hasn't started yet since he came back. Yeah, he's had two uh, relief uh, relief appearances, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And, but they just also had two weeks off. Yep. yep. So, you know, that's, that's a good month to ease back in. I think he does start. I think there's a chance he can go 90, at least more than 60, which is really what you're asking for. Well, the, the problem is if you play him 90 on Saturday, then he's probably not playing more than uh, there's no way he starts on on Tuesday. Yeah, you don't get the double game. You're, you're, so what you're saying is you're, you're getting Diame, 90 combined not, minutes. You're not getting yeah. You're not going to get 180 minutes or right. 100 plus minutes out of him. And so, do you get the 90 minutes? You know, do you get most of the minutes against Palace, or do you get him against Liverpool? Neither of which are you know defensive stalwarts. But I, you know, he hasn't even attempted a shot yet since he's come back. So. So no, and, I'm staying. And, and I'm assuming that he would be the most attractive Hull double game week option for you? I mean, there's, you know, Dame and Joy, who I have kind of stayed away. He hasn't scored in a while. And so I I, I guess, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I don't think there are any of them. <laughs> gotcha. All right. So uh, we'll head over to the Palace side. I have written this week that I am not going to get deterred from my love of Crystal Palace just because of last week's blip. However, their schedule going forward is not an easy one. Uh, so do you think this is the last week for you know the Glenn Murrays, the Yannick Velasquez, the Jason Punchins for fantasy prominence? Well, the let's start that this is a great week for them. <laughs> yes, at home. At home, right. And I'm not sure the next ones are that bad. I mean, the, at Chelsea, I, w- I would probably at stay At Chelsea, away. home to United, at Liverpool. Right, and home to United and at Liverpool, I'm not sure that's those are ones that they can't. Yeah. And then home can't to Swansea, score. Is, right, and then home at Swansea's the last one, but uh, I'm not sure that those are places they can't score. Um, particularly since I think those games, those are two teams that I think would rather not have to play defensively. And so if they just go out and say, "I think we can outscore Palace," then you know those are those are games that have goals in them. You don't you don't need them to win. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I'm of the opinion that there are also a lot of players, because Pardew is a new manager, going forward in the next year, they have to earn their spots for next year. Yeah, that's so absolutely I, I don't, th- I don't think they're going to just pack it in and just say, hey, we've avoided the relegation, we can, we can take it easy now to put the flip-flops on and take our vacations. Yeah. I don't think that can happen because they've already turned over the management twice this year. Yeah. And then, you know, no one's job is safe, well, relatively. Not very many people's jobs are safe in Crystal, at Crystal Palace, except for maybe Pardews. Do you think Balassi is there next year? Great question. Um, I think if the price is right, anyone can be sold. You know, that's kind of that's kind of the way the, this sport works. And if a team ponies up the money, then yeah, I think they'll sell because you know Yannick Balassi, as great as he is, he's not irreplaceable. No. Uh, just for you know starters, you know it, if you need a wide man that has some speed and some ball tricks, I mean Aaron Lennon's not that expensive. Yeah, just uh, just you know someone who's going to be available. Yep, that's fair. 
I think Zaha is pretty set after they. they yeah, him. yeah, they did spend the money on him. But it'll be interesting to see what happens at striker because they have a lot that aren't even healthy right now. Yeah, Fraser Campbell, yeah, and Shemak. Dwight Gale, Shamak, and then I'm pretty sure Sonogo is going back to yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, tail well, between his legs. Well, he's he's being. He's also. Back. I'm not sure he's going to yeah. stay there either. Exactly. But, uh, you know, that, that, yeah, I, I don't want to get too much into the, hall, the Crystal Palace future here. I'd like to move on to Newcastle at home against Swansea. Newcastle, one major note. Uh, I've been saying the past few weeks that they are the easiest matchup, and they have been. Uh, this week, though, they could get a little more difficult because their emotional leader, their on-pitch leader, Fabrizio Colaccini, returns. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, at least defensively, they may be a tougher nut to crack. That's yeah. I don't really love anybody in this game, to be honest. I'm, and it's does this one does this one have zero zero written all over it to you? I'm not sure where the goals come from for Newcastle, which is the problem. I mean, you can. Well, where are the goals coming from, Swansea? Right? right. Well, yeah, I haven't even gotten there yet, but yeah, I didn't. Uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't rank anybody from this game at all. Uh, I actually, uh, I, you and I both did uh, Angel Rangel, so. Mm-hmm. I was tempted to put Janmat in as well. Yeah, well, because he is now tied with Leighton Baines for assists. Yeah, yeah, and he's he had actually been playing center back for a little bit, but I think he's back out wide now. He'll be back out wide. You're yeah. right. Why didn't we rank Daryl Janmat? That was well. A... It's not a great. It's not a great matchup. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I mean, you, for defenders, I think we're looking for clean sheets first, but it, it's it's a tough matchup. Yeah, it's a tough week. It's a tough week to get. To, to look for clean sheets. Yep. Uh, and that's why I loaded up with offensive players. Yeah. I mean, basically the only attacking option that was ranked this week by the three of us was Gilfie Sigurdsson, and you and Chris both ranked him 13th. Yeah. And I didn't and, have him at all. So, And before, and just one more note on Leicester, uh, just because I didn't get to it. I mean, I ranked Jeffrey Schlupp very highly. To yeah, the you did. And then, you know, Real Madrid finally take the lead. Chicharito. Chicharito. Oh, wait. From Yes. Yeah, nope. Was. Thomas. I believe no, I can't tell anymore. I, I, I see so many people celebrating. It looks like Chicharito, though. Anyway. Just um, after I crapped on him. I told you he was going to score. You did. You did say that. And uh, Cristiano Ronaldo with the assist. Now, uh, back to Jeffrey Slup. I mean, with the double game week especially, even if he you know, plays, has two mediocre games, two mediocre games again, you know, for defenders against one mediocre game, what's the difference? I mean, what? Why isn't he? Why isn't he going much higher in people's rankings? Would you have ranked him with only a single game? No, I mean, he's not not very highly. So, so if it was just home, or if it was just at Burnley, would you have ranked? Uh, him? I, I probably would have still given him a lower rank. I would have given him like nine or ten. I think you uh, just, just, just and because Ronaldo, by the way, in your just because he's playing so. forward. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, we'll go, we'll we'll go back to what we were actually talking about, which was Newcastle and Swansea. But Newcastle and Swansea, I don't think there's a dependable source of goals or a dependable sort of off- uh, source of offense. With that in mind, why not look at the defense as possible options here? Yeah, I mean and, that's fair. I think it's just neither of these teams are great, and so true you, and, and because they're not great they're not dependable right i'm, I'm anything i mean if, again, they, we, if they were consistent at something they'd be higher in the standings right we ranked or we ranked wrangle so we obviously think that there's something there but i, I ranked Fabianski, i believe uh, nope i did not I yeah, put so we didn't, yeah we didn't even go that route so 
nobody yeah. took Tim Kroll. And yeah, this is this is way too long to talk about this matchup. So we're going to move a long on. Time on this one. Way too long. We'll go on to QPR at home against West Ham. Uh, again, another tough game. Uh, this is a, a London derby, uh, East versus West, and it's gonna. I mean, these games tend to go a little crazy. I just don't know. I, I, I don't have a good read on what the situation is going to be at this game, if there's going to be goals on either side, if there's going to be a shutout possibly. Uh, I think there'll be goals on either side personally. And I like the prospects of West Ham particularly. What do you, what do you think here? I'm just not as confident in knowing who's going to score for West Ham. And Stuart Downing has been just silent for weeks now, if not months. And so I kept him out. But to, and you know, Sacco is out. Uh, Carroll's been out for a long time. I'm just not sure where the offense comes from because yeah, I feel Anna, like Enter Valencia, Carlton Cole have been starting up together recently. Right, and you know they've uh, Kuyat has been getting some goals, but like you're not actually going to rank him, especially since he's been playing center back yeah, recently. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, QPR's running though is pretty friendly. If you look, I'm oh, sorry, not QPR. West Ham's run uh, running is pretty friendly. So they, they, they travel to QPR, then they're at home against Burnley, then they go to Villa, and then they go, they're at home against Everton, and then uh, at Newcastle. That's a pretty easy run-in. So they need it. I'm sure they do. And Stuart Downing has to break out of it at some point. I think, I think Stuart Downing is worth a mention, at least. That's fair. Moving on. <laughs> Perfect. I don't... I, I, I mean... I, I understand the reason for wanting to play him, but... Yeah. Matthew Phillips, Ch- Chaz Austin? Yeah, I, mean, I love I love them both. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So you think there'll be goals on either side? Because, because, because if you think that if you just love the QPR options, why not think about possibly a Rob Green? Well, that may be a preview to later. Ah, maybe. Okay. So we'll go uh, Stoke at home against Sunderland. You said you liked this matchup for Stoke. Well, it's more I Sunderland. I've give, you know, I, I've given up on thinking that they are able to score and Stoke on the ro- on Stoke at home hosting this team. I think there's some value to be had in some of these defenders like Jeff Cameron and um Philip Shawcross. Child? Yeah, yep. Although I think he might be a little bang. Uh no, I get him mixed up with Alderweireld, but yeah, Alderweireld, yeah, they whoever do it is, a little bit alike. yeah, just long names that I have trouble pronouncing. But yeah, I think I, I think Begovic is a worthy dart this week. Sounds good. All right, and Sunderland, you don't believe in Jermaine Defoe? I don't. Or Jermaine Defoe, if you go by his spelling. Yeah, no. All right, so we'll go on to West Brom at home against Liverpool. Liverpool, of course, having the double game week, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, West Brom returned to their shutout ways and scoring off of set piece ways, uh, including a second minute strike. And then also a long shot from Craig Gardner, uh, all after a corner kick, which was just a beautiful goal. Yeah, it was, um, West Brom at home against Liverpool. Any chance for Pulis to pull off another Pulis like miracle. Pulis like miracle. I said last week that I was kind of staying away from West Brom just because it just didn't seem like the, that the players that he has can play his style. And then they go out and blank Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. So that being said, I'm still probably staying away from 
any West Brom defensive options. I don't necessarily think Liverpool are some, you know, this great strike force. But the biggest problem they have is that, and it's the same problem we had last week, that there's no viable striker to play from Liverpool in this double game week, that Sturge is still a little banged up. Even if he plays in this match, there's no way he's going to start both and play enough in both. And so you're left with nobody. They, they play Sterling up front, up top. I was emailing with uh, Chris Mazinski earlier today about it, and uh, he, he had originally ranked Sturridge, and I said that I'd rather keep Sturridge out just because there hasn't even been like a hint that he's going to play. And he was like, okay, just put in a few other guys. He just gave me a list, and he's like, did you guys happen to rank Balotelli, Lambert, or Markovic? And it was like, nope. There was <laughs> there was no thought at ranking any of those three, yeah, despite it, the double game week. And so you're going in, you're going into that without. Well, you have no idea who's going to play, and you you have to think that but, Sterling's going to get the run in up front. Well, it's not that you don't have any idea who's going to play. You know who's going to play, and it's not any of those guys. <laughs> like we would be very surprised if Lambert got the start, or Barini, or Markovic, and we would be downright shocked if Balotelli got it. Yeah, Balotelli. He, I mean, he's like an inch away from training with the youth development team. Yeah, he is. Uh, he, uh, Brendan Rodgers and him just do not get along. Nope. And, uh, I think he'll be exiled for any price. Yeah, I wonder where he ends up. Turkey. That's, I have no idea. I have no idea. How about New the MLS? New York City FC. That would be terrible. <laughs> Spend the money on Zlatan. Yeah. Oh, well, sure. <laughs> sure. Hey, he applied for a long-term yeah, work that's, permit. That's right. So it, it's only a matter of time for Zlatan, and hopefully it's NYCFC. But uh, we'll go on to Manchester City at home against the resurgent Aston Villa. Villa, who cannot seem to lose in any tournament right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Man City uh, did get back on, you know, on its feet last week, and is there any chance that they, you know, keep pushing, or is it just, you know, they're just comfortable now? City? Yeah. I don't know if they're necessarily comfortable, but I don't think that they can shut out um, Aston Villa. I think there are going to be goals on both sides here, just because I don't. Aston Villa clearly has no interest in defending, and City are good enough to to score, and they're not good enough to to keep Benteke out. So you so you still like Benteke this week? I love him. They were showing somebody had a great this great list of Aston Villa's last eight goal scorers, and it's been Techie seven times, and then Fabian Delph last week. That's true. It's all true, and uh, it's official now. Uh, Atletico Madrid have been eliminated. Eighth time the charm for Real Madrid. They have finally beaten Atletico. But we will continue to talk about Manchester City and Aston Villa here. Uh, any word on you on David Silva actually returning? He had the scary facial injury that re- required eight minutes of or of added stoppage time last week. Yeah, I mean he was in the hospital. It's one of those classic soccer things where a guy gets hit in the face and there's not ever a mention of a concussion. So they, he was, uh, you know, he got some X-rays for a broken cheekbone, which I think would have been something that holds him out because um, as far as a mask can hold, you know, stop your nose. I'm not sure a cheekbone is something that can be protected with a mask like that but that came back negative so he's supposedly training but that was quite a hit to take right in the face so i think if it was an mls player he would be out for you know indefinitely because of the concussion but because we're talking about european soccer he he could come back i i kept him out of the rankings just because i i don't think he was he's going to play gotcha so 
I don't know. I, I have a very strong opinion on head injuries and concussions. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You and Taylor Twelman both. Yeah. And uh, we'll go on here, though, to Everton at home against Manchester United. Uh, Wayne Rooney returning to his former club. And Ross Barkley maybe going to his future club. Uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see. Uh, but speaking of Ross Barkley, he waved off Leighton Baines last week for a penalty, which oh. is just the automatic sign that you are going to miss. Because if you're Kevin Morales or if you're Ross Barkley, doesn't matter. If you wave off Leighton Baines for a penalty, you are going to miss. At what point does Baines say no? Now? At what point does he have the power? I mean, he's, he's captain, isn't he? Then why isn't he exerting it now? Well, you know, I guess. I, 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 so that, that brings up the bigger question to me. Who has the gumption to say to the captain, no. You stay there. I'm going to take care of this. Manchester United's future attacking midfielder. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Ross Barkley is way too small of a name for Manchester United. I mean, Ross Barkley is just – he's a homegrown. Yep. That would be a reason to to take him. They they have plenty of – I don't think that's going to continue to be a United problem. They've got guys like Smalling and Evans that are going to stick around enough that – They'll have enough homegrown guys. And James Wilson and Patty McNair. Right. Guys like that. that that'll but, never play, yeah, but they'll... We'll see. We'll see what happens. And on the fantasy side now, let's, uh, let's so, go over yeah, here. Yeah, so Van Persie played, uh, played in an under-21 match this week for 60-something minutes and has basically been given the all-clear. He was an unused substitute last week. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to start. And... Because Falcao was not impressive. Oh, gosh. Just awful. And his I – mean, I'm not going to say that it led to the goal, but – It absolutely led to the goal. He couldn't hold up the play. Absolutely Ab- led to the goal. And – There was a lot of space around that time that he goes tackled by John Terry and the goal being scored that United could have actually done something sure. to, to stop Chelsea. Sure. It's like the, the whole argument with, uh, with Buckner. You know, that was game six, not game well, yeah. seven. yeah. But anyway, that's so, not nearly as big of a scale. So my biggest concern about this game is Wayne Rooney. In will he move back to midfield because Van Persie is back? Because that's, why, why doesn't Van Persie just do a straight swap with Rooney? Or with uh, with uh, Falcao? Well, Last week's line. He, he could, and that's kind of how they started the season. But that wasn't how Van Hall wanted to play. I mean, we, we keep kept talking about it that when he had both of them fit, he wanted to play. That was also that was also at the time when Di Maria was playing. I was just about to say, Di Maria is going to be the one to replace Falcao. Are you sure? I, I think that's how he wants to play. That's uh, how he was playing when everybody was fit. It's not like he decided to. to but when they were winning, when they were going on that eight in a row. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I get it. I that's where Rooney should play, in my opinion. But I I, I wonder. If, if he really does want to play Rooney and Van Persie in front of Di Maria, especially with the way that Mata's playing and Herrera. And Fellaini. And Fellaini. Uh, you, you, keep, you keep, I mean, you don't like Fellaini, especially in fantasy rankings. But I mean, Chelsea made a lineup change solely for Marijuana. Sure play. did. I mean, I said it last week that Zuma would, might come in and 
you know, just be another central midfielder just so they could, because they were not going to allow Marouane Fellini to beat them at the back post. Yep. They had made that very clear with their lineup, and they did. Marouane Fellini was virtually, you know, he was a defender for most of the game. Yeah. He, he was just an innocent bystander most of the game. And it's, if the best team in the league, and we'll get to this when we talk about Chelsea a little bit more, but when the best team in the league, especially defensively, is scheming up a special formation to stop one player, why would you tinker with his performance? He's obviously doing something good. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I just, you know, from an attacking standpoint, would you rather have Van Persie there or Fellaini? And I'm not sure the answer is Fellaini. I could be wrong, though. I mean, there, there could be any... I'll, I'll rephrase this in another way. Marouane Fellaini or Robert Van Persie, who will be on Manchester United next year of the two? I think it's possible they're both gone. When, you, you, sent me, it, it, when it, you sent me that super list of, of uh, you know, what the United <laughs> team was going to look like last next year... Uh, yeah, there, there's an article, I believe, you know, it was on Talk Sport. Saying um, with Bale, you know, and, uh, with this lineup, Manchester United could win the Champions League next year, and it, and it was absolute craziness. They had Bale on there. There was I forgot all, all the names they had on there, but it, it was about two hundred and fifty million dollars for the transfers and Wayne Rooney, right? <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is there, but it seems to me that Van Persie is a starter on this team, and so. Somebody's got to go, and I, I'm not sure who it is. Well, that's but I, all. But, but my that's worry, all for the future, but uh, that's all for the future stuff to right. to worry about. My, my, well, for this week, you, my worry is that it means Rooney's moving back to midfield, and if he does, then I don't like him nearly as much as pre, as before. Yeah, and then on Everton, do you like Lukaku if he's if he's fully fit and healthy? Yeah, I would definitely play him. Cool. All right, David de Gea actually. Because uh, you know he he he's uh, he's up for the player of the year, which is kind of interesting. I, but I'd like to talk about this very briefly. Okay. So you think it's not even you, you don't think there's any competition here? It's Hazard, and that's it, right? Or do you actually think there's some sort of competition? Uh, I don't think there's a competition. So I do these those one twenty sports videos with um, Kevin Egan and Rick Strom, and they did a piece about who their picks were. And did they, they pick Harry Kane? They both decided that Hazard is not even in the discussion. That there's no way that he deserves it. He only has twelve. He only had twelve goals at the time. Now it's thirteenth. And that I, as a, a like, anyway. Yep. The, the argument was that there's really nobody that has been outstanding this year. And so when you do when you when you do that, then you start going to stats, and and which is what I think is just terrible. Like that they were sort of making this point, like it's an individual award. Like it's never team success really isn't something that needs to be considered. Uh, we can go to ridiculous. the individual success. If I mean, if, if, if I was, I mean, if I had the chance to be on that video, that, that discussion, I would have told them, do you want to go to individual stats? Most successful one-on-one dribbles player. That's well, right, they, well, the, player with the most successful touches in the box. Yeah. The, the problem awful. is, is that the stats that people like, it's like with Cy Young voting, the people like wins. People like goals, and that, that that's why Harry Kane is there. My my argument to them, and I well, wasn't actually Diego Costa. 
Well, the, Costa's on the list, and they they both thought Costa was more valuable than than Hazard. So that's a total that's a total mistake. Actually, I'm not sure if they actually said that. I take that yeah. back. But they they also thought Alexis Sanchez was more valuable than just on where. Yeah, because you look my, at the goal my argument system. was that I'm not sure that Spurs are any much are, are any better than where they are in the table now. If Harry Kane wasn't on this team, if Adebayor was on this team, they're no better than where they are now, and they're I don't think they're much worse. But if you take Hazard out of Chelsea, I don't think they win the title. And so, yeah. they're, they're, I mean, even if you go to a place, let's say like like who scored, like they have their player rankings, it's Hazard. Yeah, uh, and it's not that close. Anyway, uh, you did, anyway, we could discuss more about player. Excuse me, player of the year. Uh, in, a, in a shenanigans pod. But okay. Let's go to the game of the weekend. That's Sunday. It will be our your Arsenal at home against my Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea coming off the big win, uh, if you can call it that. It was Huge just win. a professional. It was a professional performance. Yeah. Well, it was a, yeah. It was a big. It win. was a win. Big win. It was a big win. Now it's a big win because it's now. I think if that win happens in October, nobody cares. Yeah. Now, because they're so close to the title, it's big. Correct. And their magic number now is at nine, nine points. So if they win this week and next week, it's over. Yeah, titles, it's over. Title's over. Now. Not even this. Well, yes. Yep. As a bigger question, before we get into the fantasy part of it, does Chelsea have an obligation as a big club that spends big money on big players? Do they have an obligation to play a certain style that's appealing to the neutral? Do they have a responsibility to their owner who has previously fired the likes of Jose Mourinho or Ancelotti because he doesn't like the way that they play? I think it will I think Mourinho need has one more year to get a better Champions League result. I think they're Yeah, because Real Madrid has famously fired people. Yep, they're pro- even after they win the league. I was going to say they they are were very cl- if they had lost today, I think Ancelotti was absolutely gone. Even if they win the league and they're not, I believe yeah, Barcelona's still going to do that. They, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Chelsea. No, I don't. I, I think Mourinho's fine this year. They're going to win the Premier League, which is a pretty big step. And the League Cup, they right. they would technically have a double. That's right. That's right. Two of the four that they were going that they were <laughs> destined to win. But no, this attractive—they were playing attractive football earlier this year. Like it, they were, you know, when they're scoring until about Boxing Day, right? When they're beating Everton six-three, then yeah, you know, when Costa is fit, they play a very attractive style that I think will keep Mourinho around. So with that in mind, we'll discuss the future options though in the future because that 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 begs the question to me. Then why are their backup strikers either never healthy or way too old? But it, yeah, it's, that's, that's, just, that's the position where if you're so dependent on that for your playing style, why do you why do you only have a single point of failure? But well, they well, clearly thought they had a a plethora of um, placenta. What was it? Horse placenta. That, horse placenta. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, but it, they it, ran out. So. Yep. Yep. After Easter, they it all ran out. Yep. Now with the game itself this weekend. Arsenal, Chelsea, fantasy prospectus. In this game, which is at Arsenal, would you rather have Alexi Sanchez or Eden Hazard? I think I'd rather have Sanchez. I think Arsenal is going to be a lot more attacking, and I, I think Chelsea with with 
with Chelsea possibly not being able to play with Costa, Drogba, and Remy, why would they ever? How would they? How are they going to attack? That's really the best question. On the break, right? But with but with who? Just Hazard, Leon. They set up last week where it was only Hazard. Yeah, but they at least had somebody. It was it was, uh, it was the most predictable lineup oh, and yeah. style really of was. play. It really was. Yeah, you just knew as soon as you saw that lineup, there was only one person that had any pace, yep. and it was Eden Hazard. Yep. And they might do the same thing this week. Right. I'm not actually, sure. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised. I actually, I think Zuma would come out, and if you know Ramirez would probably go. Yeah, in. I was just about to say that Ramirez th- had to run around with Alexi Sanchez on that side. Right. I'm not sure that's enough to to beat Arsenal or to draw even. Yeah, it's so. I think they need Remy healthy. Arsenal at home is much different than hosting United Stamford Bridge. I agree. And this game particularly, and Arsenal are playing well. I mean, they got a little fortunate against Reading to, to win, but they were going to win that game regardless of whether Federici let that goal up or not. But, I mean, our Arsenal, right before that FA Cup semi, was playing probably the most attractive football in the league, if you have to say, up there. No doubt. No doubt. And... I mean, you definitely have – you have to think that Koscielny has been playing like a monster and all their all their defense options are starting to get healthy. I mean, Debushi's healthy now. Uh, a couple others are starting to get healthy. Yep. You know, Kieran Gibbs, I think, is starting to – Wilshire's get, almost back. Wilshire's – yeah, well, not that I we'll see how long that lasts. But, yeah. you know, with that in mind, Arsenal's – Arsenal's going to have to try to crack that Chelsea defense. Do you think they can? I don't. I'm not that confident in it. And maybe it's just because I've been so high on the Chelsea defense this entire season. But Yeah, you ranked Giroud, I want to say, 12th? um, Yes, 12th. Oh, no, not 10. I ranked him 10 and Sanchez 8 for forwards. Yeah, but Chris, I ranked Sanchez six, and I ranked Giroud fourth. Right. So I, I think they're going to. Chris ranked Giroud eighth and did not rank Sanchez. So he, he said Sanchez was not in his top fifteen, which is kind of weird because I feel like if you were going to choose one, you'd choose Sanchez. But yeah, Giroud kind of plays into the hands of Cahill and Terry a little bit. That's what I. That's what I was thinking, but I don't know. I. Uh, I don't know how to feel about this game. Do you feel there's a lot of goals in it? No, gosh, no. Would you say one is the max or two? I think two is the max. And, I, and if it happens, it's 1-1. One, one. I don't think anybody wins 2 nothing. That would be really, really surprising to me. I feel the same way. I actually think it'll max it will be as 1-0. I don't think yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea are going to set up not to lose again. Right. I, yeah. I mean, this game is definitely much bigger for Arsenal than it is for Chelsea. And what, what I think – the reason why I asked you the questions about you know, the responsibility – of Chelsea because I mean Mourinho has famously called out uh, Big Sam Sam Allardyce coach of West Ham for playing 18th century football mm-hmm. that's what Chelsea did oh actually. he loves yeah he <laughs> it was a compliment seven, he actually played 17th century football yeah. Yeah, it probably was a compliment yeah. <laughs> it was we all it took was, it the it, wrong way actually yeah yeah we must have all misread it yeah uh but like I said last week before the United game, these really big games, if Chelsea are involved, don't expect it to be exciting. I know it's unfortunate. Yep. 
And it's really unfortunate for the supporters of Chelsea, like myself, because we want we I th- I want it to be exciting. I mean, it's exciting for me because my team's in it. But I recognize that for the neutral, it's not that exciting. Yeah, because that Manchester United game last week was terrific to watch. Yeah, it sure was. Oh God, was it? Yeah, I'm so, glad I had. I'm glad I DVR'd it because I could fast forward through all the boring parts, which was most right until the 88th minute or whenever. Exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we'll go on here to the double game week portion of this. So these are teams that we are now mentioning twice. Um, Hull, we we have to mention them twice. They are at home against Liverpool. And uh, you have to love all your Liverpool options here. I like the offensive ones. I don't trust the. I still don't. I won't ever have a defender, a Liverpool well, defender. I, I at love, I, if you're playing the whole game week, I, I'm. I rank Vignolet second. I think Chris ranked him first. Yeah. So enjoy, it, guys. Yeah. yeah. You were just weird. I won't. I, 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 nope, I won't do it. All right. I think you're insane. Uh, <laughs> Liverpool have actually been better defensively recently, so it's. Yeah. Yeah, that's. And, I mean, and on PremierLeague.com, Mignolet is the top ranked goalkeeper. Yeah. So, you know, my for some reason, my facts are outweighing your opinion. It's, <laughs> kind, it's kind of amazing how that works out sometimes. Oh, my goodness. What has happened? Exactly. All right. And the last game, uh, sorry, you still like no haul options in that game, I am assuming. Yeah, none. All right. And multiple goals for Liverpool or just one? I. Hmm, that's a good question. Sign me Liverpool, up for multiples. Uh, all right, multiple goals. I think it'll be over three. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. I, I, this game. This game's going to be an absolute demolition. Wow. I mean, because Hall, first of all, don't play many double game weeks, and yeah. Liverpool have, and Liverpool are better. And Jordan Ibe, by the way, I, I think I talked to you about it last week uh, off the pod. He looked great. He's a real deal. Uh, I, I think he's if he gets more consistent playing time. Especially going into next year, he might be someone I tip next year. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I think they could be really dangerous with him on one side, Sterling on the other, even though Sterling likes to play in the middle. But And then, you know, if they bring Origi in to actually play or what, the, there's a lot of like really young, really good, really young talent there. Yeah. Even though, even though Origi's Sturridge, been horrible. And Sturridge is still there, too. Yep. I, I actually think they'd be okay going forward if they sold Sturridge. I think so, too. I think mostly just because you can't, the guy can't stay healthy. Yeah, just, and that's why I think that's why Chelsea got rid of him. Yeah, that he didn't refuse. He refused to play wide. Yep. So, which you know, worked out at Liverpool. But it, I, uh, the, there are just so many injuries and t- to so many different. When you places. get passed over by both City and Chelsea, yeah, you have to. Th- I mean, at some point, you have to look at yourself like maybe it's me. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. It's like Taylor Swift. Right. Now, uh, <laughs> Leicester are at home. Uh, the last game of the game week. Uh, against Chelsea, uh, probably Leicester, you have to say, is probably the hottest team. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, they, they, I mean, they've really made the most strides going forward, especially offensively. But they run into the unstoppable, or the immovable object that is Chelsea's defense. How much do you like Leicester in this matchup? I don't. Okay. I tried to build them up for you. <laughs> I think the, the problem think is, is that they need results. Nil? I think it... it I think what happens on Saturday at Burnley will have a, a big impact on what happens here. If they lose to Burnley, like literally walk out with zero points, then they have to go all-out attack on Chelsea. And whether Chelsea can hold them, you know, the, we could see multiple goals just because Leicester desperately need points. And so if they lose to Burnley, who is a huge relegation opponent, then 
I think that totally changes this game. So I almost don't even feel like I can have an opinion on this game until I know what happens against Burnley. That's a very good point. I actually didn't think about that. But uh, for me, I think this is the classic 1-0. Chelsea just get a goal and they shut it down. Yeah, they could. Uh, it's and <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if Leicester have the majority of possession in this game. Yeah. yeah. Well, that I happened in, against United, didn't it? Oh, yeah. By 70-30? 70-30, yeah. yeah. It was a crazy, crazy number. Yeah. And just one you don't expect from the team that's going to win the league. To yeah. concede 70% possession. And then two weeks ago against QPR, only managed one shot on target, which happened to go in. Yeah. It's, it's not the way to cover yourselves in glory as a champion. No, not at all. So, I'm literally looking at ESPN.com or ESPN FC. What is it? Two hours? Not even two hours after I IM'd you and said that Chicharito was the most overrated player in the world. <laughs> Hernandez sends Real Madrid through. Unbelievable. It's true. Now, with uh, one last point uh, with Chelsea, though. Does it remind you at all, like the Chelsea team that won the Champions League in 2012? And everyone was saying this is the worst Champions League, you know, worst Champions League winner ever. And you feel that this is going to be the same situation. This is the worst Premier League winner ever because of the way they play. No, I, this team is very good. And, okay. and they blitzed through the early part of their schedule that they haven't been playing like this all season. They're playing like this now because they. They've effectively clinched. Their best goal scorer is hurt. Their backup goal scorer is hurt, and their third, you know, their backup striker is hurt. And yeah, actually, you know, yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to land on here. Do you feel that one of the young guys, like Dominic Solanke or Tammy Abraham or Izzy Brown, or any of the young guys, nineteen or younger? Are they going to come up and actually get some playing time? I mean, well, Solanke, Brown, did he play last week or was he just on the bench? He was just on. He was just on the bench. Yeah, I. Uh, who was a, a I think friend it was Izzy Brown that was on the bench. Actually, no, it was, was Solanke. Yeah, okay, it definitely it was, was. Now the thing about those, I mean, I think uh, two of those three. I think it's Brown and Abraham. They have seventy-three goals for the youth team between the two of them. I think it's no. I think it's Solanke. It's Solanke. Okay, Solanke yeah. and Abraham. Yeah. Slonky and Abraham, 73 goals between them in this year. Yep. That's insane. And, yep. they, and they're not even close to sniffing playing time. Well, yeah, th- that's certainly the case. Slonky's 17, so I'm not sure. Th- there's not a spot in a Premier League champion for a 17-year-old to get playing time. Does that make sense? I guess, yeah. So, but yeah, they're they're incredible. I think Slonky may have had a Champions League appearance this year, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think against, like, Malmo or one of the right. little, yeah. little group I mean, stage guys. Yeah, but, you know, that's a pretty big deal for a 17-year-old. Yeah. I didn't even have my license until 19, so. Yeah. And Ruben, well, and, and, and since we're talking about it, and it's my team, I'm just going to say, uh, Ruben left his cheek. Yeah, there's another he's one. Gonna, he's going to be on the team next year. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So, that would be a, a young name to look after if you're in a dynasty league. Uh, he, I mean, he's going to play next to Modic, but he's a defensive midfielder. But um, he's going to play on the team next year. Yeah, and there's not many better players to play next to in terms of learning how to play the position. Yeah. All right, so we'll go on to our daily dose here. We have our Saturday early edition, so it includes the early game, and it's just Saturday for DraftKings. Uh, I will start off. I will start off with a surprise. My goalkeeper is none other than Tim Krul, and I will explain the logic now. I looked for the least expensive goalkeeper that I feel has any kind of value. I mean, Brad Guzan is the official lowest 
like the lowest uh, costing goaltender that's going to start. However, he's playing at Man City. At Man City, yeah. That's not that's not really a useful thing to do. Yep. So he may go negative because of all the goals he lets up. But uh, Tim Krul at home against you know uh, a strikerless Swansea at this point. You got to be honest. Nelson Oliveira is not going to scare me no. uh, as a striker. So Tim Krul, why not roll the dice? He's really cheap, forty two hundred. Why not? I like it. Makes sense. All right, and I took the two best, the two top, the two most expensive defenders. I have uh, Kieran Trippier and Aaron Cresswell. There you go. I went uh, I, at goalkeeper. I went with Robert Green, which I uh, foreshadowed earlier. He's at forty five hundred. Mostly, like you said, there's not that many great options this week, and I think I haven't trusted the West Ham defense. I mean, uh, attack. Excuse me. Lately, and you know, Green, I believe, leads the league in saves anyway. And on DraftKings, you get two, I think it's two points per save. So, you know, I'll take that. I took Trippier as well. He's actually averaging 10, over 10 point fantasy points per game, which is just absurd for a defender who doesn't get any clean sheets. And I then spent 3400 bucks on Daryl Janmat. So, I think he, you know, he he crosses enough to keep himself valuable. It's and, interesting how you took Yanma, but you weren't gonna go the volatile route and take Cruel as well. Yeah, well, Yanma was actually more of a uh, offensive s- buy. Well, it was definitely an offensive buy. Thirty four hundred. I mean, it's literally twenty one hundred dollars less than Trippier. Not that they're like in the same class, but I think Yanma, like we said, he's been playing a little center back recently. I think he's back out wide. I could, if I'm wrong, then I have to, to you know depend on that clean sheet, but. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't trust that Newcastle defense enough to double up on him yet. All right. I, I, I sort of feel that um Krull will be higher higher owned than Green. That's a very good point, probably. All right, and your midfield, please. I spent fifty four hundred on Jason Punchin, who hasn't scored in a while. he's only has one goal in his last uh, ten games or so, but he's crossing the ball enough that at 5400 I thought it was a decent enough buy. And then I went with uh, $8,600 Raheem Sterling, which I don't love. But the top of the midfield list is is bleak when you don't have Chelsea or Arsenal. And David Silva has a damaged face, and I don't love Yaya Torre. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, that, which is why you're going to hear me throw two names out there on the budget category. Okay. Jordan Henderson, about mm. 5,100. Mm. Jordan Ibe, 5,000. Wow, you went with Ibe. Uh, he's looked – I think he's just ready to pop. Yep. It's, he's just. He, he's looked so impressive every time I've seen him. And I think it's just a matter of time. And now at West Brom, it's not exactly the best matchup. Mm-hmm. But they're really inexpensive. And I, and I believe they're going to play. Okay. My only other – well, I'll, when I, we talk about forwards, I'll – well, let's talk about him now. Well, I, I went with Sterling because – so my forwards, I went with Glenn Murray, who's now up to 5,700. Still not, still not uh, expensive enough. Yeah, so that's – playing home against Hull, I think that's a, a good enough matchup for 5,700 to take it. I went with Christian Benteke at 7,400 because he's just in too good form. And I um, – you know, Man City is basically playing with Mangala and Dimichelis in the middle. And I don't think they – I don't think they can stop him. And then I spent 9300 on Charlie Austin, who was the, he's the third most expensive option. He's behind Harry Kane and Sergio Aguero. Uh, 
and I can't decide if I would rather Sterling and Austin or Coutinho and Aguero. Uh, let me throw a third option in there for you. Ibe and Sergio Aguero. I Ibe doesn't do enough for me. Okay. So, I, mean, I, so like, that, I don't want to depend from, on a goal. From, well, from, from context, well, from context, that's who I have. I mean, I have okay. Benteke and Murray as well, but I have, yep. I even have two thousand extra, and you know, I could wow. definitely spend it somewhere in the midfield, uh, which not, I might do. Why not? Which I spend it on a goalkeeper that you'll that you'll get the five point win bonus. Uh, who says at New, who says Newcastle at home against Swansea isn't a win? Uh, and, but it could be a draw. You don't get points for a draw. You get points for a win. I'm I'm aware, but I mean I'm I'd rather spend the money to get more guaranteed offensive return than maybe a defensive return. Trying to predict, but you're getting through with, your team. You still have two thousand left. That's well, that's what I'm saying. I, that's why I'd rather take a midfielder. Let's say you know I'm potentially. I mean I'm looking at Ibe. Ibe is obviously yeah. the the midfielder that I want to replace. But you get in that dead zone. Yeah, you do. But it's just below me, Belasi, basically. Yeah, which is exactly where I am. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that You've got seventy four hundred and seventy. I have. I would have seven grand left, so I can yeah. take Stuart Downing. Yeah, which I, I, I know I hyped that up earlier. Yeah, yeah, Torre. Yeah, and I may re- I may reserve the right to do that. Yeah, but I just love the way Ibe has been playing. Yeah, no, I agree. He's just he he doesn't cross a lot, so you're yeah. I mean, you're you're predicting that he's going to score, Whereas, or just be in the mix. You know, be be in the mix in the box. That's kind of that's kind of what. Especially if Surge doesn't play, because I, I the reason why I didn't take Surge is because I don't know if he's going to play. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. Because we haven't heard much, so that's never a, that's not a harbinger of good news. <laughs> no. So on that note, we are going to end this episode of the Roadwire uh, Roadwire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, or as I tried to call it, the Podcast. <laughs> but we are going to be back next week. And we are going to be talking about Game Week 35 and other shenanigans as we wind down to the end of the season for the Premier League and for the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast this season. Catch you again next week, Andrew. For more great content, go to rotowire.com slash soccer. It's all free and it's all for you. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.